1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Alright, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today we're going to talk about trauma. Um, well, trauma, I guess in the uh, prepping survival community, you, you hear a lot of talk about uh, first aid, um, fish antibiotics, having Motrin, Band-Aids. Um, you know, you hear them say, uh, oh, my Israeli uh, bandage, you mm-hmm. know, and quick clot I hear are thrown about a lot. One, um, I really wanted to focus on the true trauma, like in an emergency kind of thing. You come up on a car accident, you get shot in the leg, you, you know, the ugly things. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of that and not so much the, the general first aid, whatever, but the immediate, you know, quick reaction, what can we do and, and how to deal with it when it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, you know, I mean, as preppers, you imagine in the apocalypse, um, I might end up in a gunfight, you know, all the, the prepper movies or, or the, uh, the books, they all have like shootouts with, you know, rogue militias mm-hmm. or zombies coming after you, or I guess zombies aren't shooting at you, but you know, who knows? Who knows? Um, you know, maybe whatever you need to tourniquet that leg so that zombie infection doesn't come up. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever, something like that. One of the things that, you know, preppers and survivalists are doing a lot is playing with guns and playing with knives. Now, speaking of knives, did we not just get a package in the mail today? We did. We did from one of our uh, one right, of our l- listeners. Let's talk about that quick before we get into this. Well, we sent him out a uh, a SOG jung- Jungle Primitive. All right. So um, that's the knife we gave away. That's kind of an impressive knife. It is. It is. He uh, he retrofitted it though, uh, made it even better. Okay. If that's a thing. Um, he refitted the handle. It's beautiful. It's uh, black walnut, which black is walnut. beautiful. That's a, a sturdy uh, wood there. Yeah, beautiful wood. It's triple pinned, you know, which holds it together really well. It's gonna gonna solid hold up to it. Yep. He has a, a nice uh, barbed wire inlay that he has on the on the handle, which is really beautiful work. Nice. So we're and, gonna uh, we're gonna put some pictures of this up on the uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Or and also, on the uh, Facebook. Yep. He also retrofitted the uh, or uh, made a brand new um, sheath for sheath it. Sheath from scratch, right? Which is, is beautiful, sturdy leather. Great work. It's beautiful work. It's got a nice, uh, nice lanyard with a uh, paracord on it, and uh, 
Some skulls the, on there? The appropriate amount of skulls for, for the badass podcast. That, that's I really, what I really look really for. Like it. He went a little bit uh a little bit heavy with the skulls and I love that. You know, that's right up my fuck my I, alley. I don't think you can have too many skulls is what mm-hmm. I've been saying. So uh yeah, he really did beautiful work nice with this. Pouch that's uh you throw some extra what what mm-hmm. maybe a sharpening a stone in yep. there and it's really right. uh really beautiful stuff. So we'll put some pictures on the uh now, on the Facebook. He does work so if anybody else you had it our our uh listeners might have a knife. Yeah. They could get something done like that. Yeah, if you send in a knife, I think what he does is is basically takes takes knives and then uh re refits them, you know. Nice. Uh Builds a handle around them, better handle, gets rid of the old plastic or the polyurethane handles. Um, right. And the sheath really is, is beautiful work. Uh, so nice. go to go to our Facebook page, check out the pictures. Got some links, or you can check them out. He's got a Facebook group if you search uh, Spain Eye Blades. Spain Eye Blades, right. And it's, it's S-P-A-N-I. Mm-hmm. And I know he's under groups. Um, I know he's got an Instagram page. I'll throw some links to that stuff in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But I just, hey, throw a shout out. You guys want to take care of us. We're going to look out and take care of you. Yeah, it was good. So that's really pretty nice cool, work. man. Thank you. Um, we're really excited about that. So back to cutting our fingers off. Mm-hmm. Which that, I, I that's may the do kind with of this thing. knife here. It, that's a real possibility, right? right? And that's that's what I was thinking about. You know, and it's, I, I'm not sure people are really putting in the time I'm not sure people are putting in the time with prepping at all that they should be. I, I guess what I'm worried about is like everybody buys the cool guns and, you know, a lot of people have multiple handguns, multiple, you know, AR-15s or an AK-47, all kinds of cool stuff. But it's actually putting the time in, getting out on the range and learning how to use it. And you're like, wait, Chuck, you're getting off task. Well, I am, but it's, I'm going to say... It's the same thing with first aid. You know what? You guys really got to learn how to deal with it. You know, when things come up, people just panic. Um, I actually, you know, I mentioned back a couple weeks ago, maybe four, maybe a month ago, I went and did some training and we were watching videos and policemen, you know, trained police officers, they're out there and their buddy gets shot. And they're like, uh, I, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to point the gun at the bad guys and stand here mm-hmm. while my buddy is bleeding on the ground because they're not putting enough time in on the training. Right. And I don't necessarily blame the policeman, although I got to say, if that's your job, you if, if your, your police force, right? if your police department isn't doing the training, I feel you kind of have an obligation to get that training on your own. Right. That's me, you know, and some people want to do the bare minimum at their job. And that's, you know, if that's how you want to be, whatever. But that that's what I'm getting at is we need, if we're going to talk the talk, and especially if we're going to live this dangerous lifestyle where we are playing with axes, guns, knives, all kinds of cool stuff. If we're going to be out there doing it, I, I think you should put a little time in thinking about, hey, how am I going to react? How do I deal with these things? And there, there is some good resources online, although I got to say it was less than I thought I'd find. Yeah. I did not really see everything I wanted to see. Um, yeah, I was actually a little disappointed. 
But, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully the stuff I tell you, I can talk you through it. And, you know, I, I'm going to try and me and Kevin sometime later this summer, we're going to try and get some videos out and maybe have some medical training. And maybe you even seek out some medical training. You yeah. know, I know a lot of the local fire departments have their EMT training and different stuff available. Now, mind you, they're encouraging you to come be an EMT. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think that's wrong. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah. Yeah. First aid, uh, uh, Red Cross does some great first aid courses. They're very inexpensive. Okay. You can do it, you know, I think it's usually like three, three hour, you know, uh, nights in a week. You know, you can get it knocked out real quick. And it's, you know, it's basic stuff, you know, put pressure on wounds and CPR and basic stuff like that. But even a basic understanding of first aid is better than no, no understanding. And, but I mean, I'm hoping that in this episode, I'm actually going to be able to talk you guys through it where it kind of makes sense Mm -hmm. and you understand where I'm coming from of, you know, how to treat somebody. Um, you know, at first you kind of want to blow it off and think, oh, you know, I already know I did first aid in Boy Scouts or, right. you know, I, I got a little training in the military. And you know what? Maybe some of the special forces guys and whatever got some good training. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of us in the military didn't get good training. No, I on, definitely on didn't in the military. I, I didn't in the military. Mm-hmm. I, I ended up learning stuff later on. And, and mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I, I'm disappointed with that. Um, so I have like a couple examples, just kind of get your head in the right place. Um, like, I don't know, you come up on a car accident and you see, you know, the, the married couple that, you know, were married 60 years and, and the wife's in the, the passenger seat, you know, pinned and, and bleeding to death and the husband's there. And I, I just don't want to be the guy that's helpless. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, You know, a husband and and the wife, you know, they're coming uh, out of the movie theater and a car comes along and and smacks them on the side of the road and, you know, and they're on the ground bleeding. I don't want to see people die like that. And then your family, like your own, you know, wife and kids. And and what if something happens? You know, what if a a tree falls and, and, you know, snags somebody's arm and, and does real damage? Because you panic and don't react, I, I don't want something bad to happen. You know, I don't want something bad to my family. Right. You know, that, those are the kind of things. I just kind of wanted to put something personal to it. Just, mm-hmm. you know, so you, you get an idea. It matters, you know? Yeah. And I've been in those situations before. And you don't want to feel helpless. Yeah. And there, there are people that I've been with that I consider competent people mm-hmm. that just panic. You know, they don't know what to do. They're running this way, then they turn around, running the other way. Exactly. Um, basically, one of the stories that uh, come to mind when I was a kid, I mean, uh, probably 17 years old, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm over at a, a friend's house, and and uh, there was a maybe a two 10-year-olds having a sleepover. I was there with my buddy, and, uh, and my buddy's parents were there. And kid eating steak we're eating dinner nice normal happy time kid starts choking on the you know piece of steak Mm -hmm. and it happens whatever but he's choking and can't breathe and i honestly as a 17 year old i'm like all right i'm gonna let the man of the house handle this yeah and he just stands there like uh and nothing Mm -hmm. and i'm like are you kidding me all these people here and nobody nothing 
Yeah. And, you know, right away I'd jump in and give the kid the Heimlich. Food comes shooting out. Actually, it was a little kid. It was back at the time where they kept talking about you breaking their uh, sternum or whatever, the little bone there. And I was kind of paranoid about it. So I was like, you know, they say with the little kids, you can hit them on the back and you hit them in the right Right. spot. I was like, I'm going to start there and then I'll do the Heimlich if that doesn't work, you know. Mm -hmm. And I hit them and sure enough, the food goes shooting across the room. And but my point is, I mean, you know, kid ended up being fine and whatever. And, and that's why I didn't like super panic. Cause I'm like, all right, you got a couple minutes before, you know, a no oxygen yeah. before, mm-hmm. before it's a big deal, but the adult didn't do anything. Yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, how do you not react? And there's so many people like that. And, but like I said, in these training videos, the cop just standing there while his mm-hmm. buddy's bleeding out the neck. Yeah. You know, are you kidding me? It, it doesn't make sense. Now, I, I guess I'm going to get right into it and kind of take you guys through. Um, there's a new one that the military's pushing. A lot of the SWAT guys are pushing. And it's called the March Assessment. Okay. And it's basically, you know, an acronym. So when you show up on a scene, you kind of go through the checklist in your head of how I'm going to kind of get through this and handle it. Right. Um, like I said, the SWAT guys are teaching it. Um some of the special forces guys are going through it, uh, you know, different stuff like that. So I think we're going to start there and I'll talk about what you need in like a trauma bag and different things you should kind of carry in your everyday. But, you know, whatever, let's let's just kind of jump into it. So March M somehow M stands for bleeding because that's logical. OK. Right? Doesn't that make sense? Mm-hmm. Bleeding? M? Sure. Well, what, what they they get around that with massive hemorrhage. Oh, massive. Yeah, okay. massive hemorrhage. Because, you know, that's the same thing as bleeding, right? Mm-hmm. So when you show up on a scene, the first thing you want to look for, and, you know, all the, all the examples I saw, they're like, oh, somebody got hit by a car, and you see them flung out in the road. It doesn't matter. Anytime you go up, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to kind of look around for security kind of thing. Right. Like, you don't right. want to oh, get are there hurt power the same lines way they did. shooting right. right. Are there power lines whipping on the ground right next to this guy? Mm-hmm. That may be something I need to deal with. Um, is there somebody shooting out of the window with a house right next to me? Mm-hmm. That may be something I have to address before I can deal with the guy on the ground. Right. Or like you said, I'm going to end up being that guy on the ground. And it may be just dragging the guy while somebody lays down cover fire it may be taking a board and, and pushing away the power lines or doing something like that. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, it may be waiting for the electric company to come shut the power lines off. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you're smart enough to figure out a way to do it without waiting. But, right. you know, don't get dead. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So security, that kind of thing. Then kind of, you know, if you're in the road, that was the other thing I was thinking of. Right. You know, if you're in a car accident and there's other cars whipping around, all right, do we have a vehicle we can kind of block the oncoming traffic right. or get people to, you know, at a distance where we're not going to die? I've actually been where I was assisting people in a car accident and other cars come and smack into it while you're mm-hmm. there doing it. Right. You know, that really happens. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people don't pay attention, especially, and that was before everybody that was, was before texting. Yeah, that was before all that nonsense. So, all right. Secure the area is the first thing. Make sure you're not going to die. All right. 
Then you want to walk up and, like I said, massive hemorrhage. So we're looking for bleeding. Do I see any obvious blood coming out that looks like a life-threatening wound? Right? I'm not worried about little scratches on the face or whatever. I'm talking about blood squirting out or anything that looks like a massive bleed. Mm-hmm. All right? Obviously, if I see it, that's where I'm going to go and I'm going to jump right there. But we're going to assume for this that we don't see anything. No, We no. don't know. The guy's just laying on the ground. Okay. We're going to check it anyway. Mm-hmm. So what you're going to do, you're going to go up. It's got four extremities, you know, your legs and your arms, right? You're going to take your, your hands and you're going to completely encircle his leg from the upper thigh closest to you. Mm. And you're going to go from that thigh, rubbing all the way down his leg, feeling for wetness, right down to the ankle. And, you know, a lot of these guys have like the tactical pants and stuff like that. If you're in a combat mm-hmm. kind of world, you might want to feel around their sock and their foot because sometimes the blood isn't coming through. Mm-hmm. But then you'll feel it dripping down their leg kind of thing if it's a serious bleed. Right. Right. So. All right. So you're going to look for anything there. You're going to reach over. You're going to go to the next leg. You're going to run down it. Feel for anything. And then a shoulder. Then the other shoulder. You're going to check all the extremities, right? You can see the head. You know there's nothing there. So, all right. Now, we'll say, all right, we found something. There's some bleeding in the calf. Looks like there's a gunshot wound in the back of his calf. And so, logical, we're going to do a tourniquet. All right? Now, tourniquets have changed from when I was in Boy Scouts. In Boy Scouts, it was kind of a given thing that if you put a tourniquet on something, that limb's gone. Right. You know, it's going to fall off and die. Mm-hmm. That That's, you know, how it's going to play right. You out. have to be bleeding so bad. Right. They were like, oh, it's a big deal. Don't do a tourniquet. Turns out not true at all. As long as the tourniquet you're using is over one inch thick. Okay. It's got to be an inch wide. So think a seatbelt. That's probably like two inches wide, right? Mm-hmm. Seatbelt makes a great tourniquet. Um Obviously, you can buy tourniquets, and I'm going to recommend you have a trauma bag and have some tourniquets in there. I'm going to tell you about what to buy and and whatever. But as long as it's an inch thick, the general consensus in the medical community is you can actually have that tourniquet on for six hours with no problem. Okay. Now, again, because you were worried about people losing that limb and with the tourniquets, they used to do it just above the wound. Okay. Um, you know, you'd get shot in the calf. You'd do it like right below the kneecap, you know, mm-hmm. not anymore. You want to go right as high as you can go on the thigh as you possibly can and tourniquet it off. Now, they actually recommend that you do two tourniquets back to back, you know, right next to each other. Okay. But again, they have to be at least an inch thick. Okay. So find something mm-hmm. an inch thick, you know? Right. Um, make the effort and you can make this happen. But cutting seatbelts out of car is a, uh, and you know, honestly, if you got to freaking cut their pants off and make it out of jeans, you cut some strips and you do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. But that's your first priority. So now suppose you see obvious bleeding. Oh, he's got a gunshot wound in the hip. And you're like, I can't tourniquet the hip. Mm-hmm. So, all right, that's where this, uh, the quick clock gauze, mm-hmm. you're going to actually unravel the quick clock gauze. You're going to take your finger and you're going to push it in the hole and you're going to feel around with the little 
was on your fingertip. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd prefer you were wearing gloves. I'd prefer you had clean hands at this point. Right. And honestly, if you got the quick cot, quick clot gauze, then you have the gloves. And you right. have that because I'm going to tell you about the trauma bag. And if you can't freaking put some rubber gloves that cost like five cents along with your $30 quick clot gauze, mm-hmm. then you're an idiot. Right. All right? So what I want you to do is you're going to take the quick clot gauze. You're going to feel around for where it's leaking. Okay. You will actually, we did this too, you'll feel around for the vein and feel the pressure. You're going to push right against it and hold it there for two minutes. Two minutes will give the gauze, well, you're going to feel the pressure. You're going to start packing the gauze on it. Okay. And build it up and then hold the pressure for two minutes. Mm -hmm. Now, suppose I only have gauze. Suppose I only have a t-shirt. Well, obviously, then I'm going to wrap something to put pressure on it. Maybe have a bystander stand there and hold the pressure on it. Mm -hmm. But believe it or not, the quick clock gauze will actually stop it if you can keep it there for the two minutes. Okay. And throw in another Israeli bandage or something around it. That's awesome. Do that. That's great. But the bottom line, get the pressure minimum two minutes. Then we move on. So. And then, obviously, you're going to keep feeling the rest of the extremities. Right. One injury doesn't mean that there's not a second injury. Now, you're going to do all four legs. We haven't really gotten to the body aside of obvious. Mm -hmm. You know, if you see obvious blood on the body or back, then you're going to go ahead and do that. So, at that point, you're going to... And we felt front and back when we did the legs and the arms. Next thing, we're going to worry about air. See, March, M-A. Ah, gotcha. Airway. Now, one thing you're going to think about the obvious, has there been neck trauma, right? Did this guy just crash through a windshield? Mm -hmm. Did this guy fall off a scaffolding? Did he, you know, the obvious things. If you don't have reason to suspect it, you just want to kind of grab the head still gently and tip it back. And you're going to open it up and you're going to kind of look for, you know, air coming in and out of his mouth. And when you tilt it back, Tilt it all the way back. You know, just a little bit is not an, is not always enough. You, you, you need want, the angle. If, if he's laying flat on the ground, you want the crown of his head touching the ground. Now, if you do suspect neck injury, you got to be a little more careful. Right. What you're going to do, you're going to take both hands, get behind their head, and you're going to push up on their jaw. You grab the jawbone with your thumbs. Right. And you can tilt their mouth right open mm-hmm. and do it that way. Now, suppose you don't, feel any air coming out nothing mm-hmm. now, i gotta say opening the mouth is actually does a lot you know unclogging and opening up things next you want to tilt the head to the side and kind of hope that any obstruction comes out they actually believe it or not are really recommending you don't stick your finger in there anymore yeah. you can get your finger bit off it really happens mm-hmm. um that's not cool it turns out yeah, I've never wanted that to happen to me. Don't stick your finger in their mouth. It's not a cool idea. Um, believe it or not, most guys are uh, are who are EMTs and that kind of stuff, they're not even carrying around those face masks anymore. They just go right to the bag. You know, right. like there's okay. a little bag with yep. a pump. Yep. And they do that. It's very rare you're going to see somebody CPR. And I got to say... Anybody who's done CPR in real life, 
knows that there's a good chance somebody's going to throw up in your throw mouth. Throw up in your mouth, yeah. It happens. And, and hepatitis, it's real. Yeah. I've I've had to give somebody CPR okay. before. You, you were a bit of a lifeguard and some yeah. kind of life saving. Yeah, that... well, this was a, this was a fall oh, this situation. this was heroin addict? Oh, no, fall. no. Oh, okay. But, um, you know, the thing with, with CPR is, well, it used to be uh, 10 and 2, 10, 10 chest compressions and right. 2... Uh, two breaths. Two breaths. Right. Not not the case anymore. Now it's uh, thirty chest chest yeah. compressions. So if you took a class a long time ago, it's changed. Times changed. Yeah. Really, they say the uh, with the breathing, it's not anywhere as important as keeping the blood moving. Yes. So, uh, kind of you know, really, you just when we say check airway, we mean make sure it's clear. Right. Make sure their opening is clear. Mm-hmm. That's going to be huge, crucial. And then the rest of it, you know, we can kind of let this uh, go. Like I yeah. said, it depends. You have your family member, your wife's there dying, your kids there dying, your brother-in-law's there dying. Mm-hmm. You want to give them CPR? I say good. You're probably doing the right, right. thing. And it, it could save their even life. Even if you don't know what you're doing, doing rest. listen up. You take two fingers of your right hand, put it on their sternum, and then lay your hand directly next to that. Put your right hand over top of your left hand and straight arms lock your elbows 10 che- uh, 30 chest compressions now you want to do it about a hundred times a minute so that's two times a second maybe fast um, now it's not uncommon to be giving somebody CPR and crack the rib cage uh, so don't don't freak out if that happens it, it may happen there's a good likelihood that that's gonna happen. So just just warning there, you know. Right. They don't usually talk about that so, in the CPR classes, but that's that's something that may happen. That's it. I wasn't even going to get into CPR all that much because, like I said, you make that airway clear, mm-hmm. but you heard it. The best the best situation with uh, with CPR, the most likely uh, situation that you're going to really help somebody is if they drowned, you know, uh, got water in their lungs. Mm-hmm. Uh, electrocution or a heart attack, right? Uh, aside of that, it's usually a, a another a, problem, another cause yeah. that right. is is you know. Well, that that all sounds right. So, yeah. next thing we got M A R respiration. Mm-hmm. Now this is where we're talking about punctured lung, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, what we're doing there? Now you noted I had you check all the extremities, and obvious bleeds. In the torso. Right. But I didn't really go through feeling the body. So Mm -hmm. that's our next step for respiration. You're going to want to take your hand and, you know, in a lot of the Kung Fu, they have that tiger claw kind of, you know, where you basically bend that, you know, top knuckle of your fingertips. Exactly. (laughs) And you're just going to rake their chest from top to bottom. Okay. Um, I hate to say it with women. You want to kind of get under the breast there and all the way down. People aren't offended that you touch their boob when, when they're, they're unconscious and right. dying. And you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Just go ahead and check everywhere because you can miss stuff. So you're going to want to rake down and feel for any punctures. Because, um, honestly, punctures in the lung, stuff like that, sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. And, you know, with the adrenaline and everything else, you might not catch it. So mm-hmm. you're going to feel. Then... You're going to need to tip the body over and check the back. Um, So the way you're going to do this, 
we're assuming they're laying flat on the back when you're approaching them. So you're going to take the opposite ankle from you, put it over the other ankle. Mm-hmm. That's going to change the weight dynamic. It's going to make it that you can move the 300-pound guy without right. having a big problem. And then you want to grab, like, in their pocket, mm-hmm. their opposite pocket from you, you know, opposite front pocket. And you're going to kind of grab them and pull them towards you. But you're really just pulling them up on their side. Right. And then you're going to rake their back. And you're feeling for a puncture. Um, hopefully in your uh, trauma kit that we're going to tell you how to pack, you're going to have some kind of chest seal. Chest seals are huge. But as you Kevin was telling us a couple weeks ago, you can make a chest seal out of just about anything. Um, right in front of me, I have an awesome sticker. Would make a great chest seal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, preferably something clean. But again, you know, let's let's just get them patched up and, and fluids not leaking out. It's going to make a huge difference if you can keep their lung from collapsing. Right. Um, again, same thing. If mysteriously we come across another bleed somehow that we overlooked, you're going to go back to, you know, step one with that and keep moving. Now, the next thing... Um, we're going to talk about C, circulation. Now, circulation, I got a cool trick for you. You remember in the old movies, they used to, you know, you watch them take their pulse and they're there for 10 seconds and, mm-hmm. oh, it's really faint. I don't know. Maybe they're alive. Maybe they're dead. Your heart's pounding through your chest because you're in a traumatic, you know, you may have just been involved in a car accident with these people mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. You come up on a big, scary situation somebody shooting at you, whatever, your heart's pounding out of your chest. Well, guess what? All you need to do to check if their heart's beating is touch their forehead and with your thumb, and it's going to turn white. And when it goes back to red, turns out their heart's beating. Okay. Um, maybe they have darker skin. Things are weird. You can't really tell. Go to their fingernail. Pinch their fingernail. It'll go white, and then it'll go back to, you know, kind of a purplish red, and you'll, it'll make sense. So that's really all you have to do. Um, you can save some time there. And then H, our last step, is hypothermia. Now, we ripped off clothes, whatever we had to do to get to treating, mm-hmm. whatever. We need to cover them back up. Hopefully, again, if you got that trauma bag I told you about, you're going to have some kind of thermal blanket you can throw on them. Maybe somebody's got a coat. Somebody's got a blanket. Maybe, you know, find something to cover them up. That's the bottom line. You want right. to warm people and up. And even even in warm temperature, even if it's not cold, uh, with blood loss comes shock. And exactly. And shock will It can be 90 degrees outside, and mm-hmm. you're going to want to put a blanket on them if they lost blood. Right. And it really makes a big difference on how your body can handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, you also, you know, some of the other things, that's basically the steps. Um, the last thing you're supposed to do is as they're laying on their back in front of you, you take the arm closest to you and you make like a chicken wing, mm-hmm. you know, where they go up so that their fist is their like head. punching the top of their head. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to tip them up on their side. This is in case they start throwing up or coughing, whatever. Right. Also, this is kind of a universal symbol for EMTs in that, that, hey, this person's been checked right. when they're in this position. So... You're going to do that, and then you're going to go to the next victim. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of go through. You guys can figure out the triage on your own. 
I don't need to tell you about where to start and whatever. That's, you know, beyond the scope of what I'm going to talk about today. But you're just going to kind of go through the steps like that. And I got to tell you, the other thing I'd like to mention is calmness is the key. Um, when people are all upset and, oh, you're going to die, dude, it doesn't look good. You should start saying your last rites. You know, let's mm-hmm. pray to, you know, it, that's not going to help. Mm-hmm. You need to tell people, you know what? It's good. I'm here. The medical professionals are coming. You need to focus on being, you know, being Keeping healthy. Them calm. They they talked about uh they did a study in England when I when I took this class, we were talking about it that uh you know, they had people focus on not bleeding before they had surgery and they were like imagine your capillaries kind of, you know, tight and not, you know, open and bleeding and and just no blood and whatever. And they said that during the surgery, the people who were told to focus on it bled like 50% less Mm -hmm. than the people who didn't. So your mind is a powerful thing. And you guys can really, you know, help things out by helping people put their mind in the right place. You know, they talk about, you know, like women preparing for childbirth and like that. Being in the right mental state is going to help things. And you know what? Anybody freaking out, it's not going to help anything. Their heart rate's up. They're excited. They're, you know, going. It's not going to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes I also didn't address, sometimes you're going to have to restrain these people as you're trying to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, just grab whoever you can around or just do the best you can. Or maybe you let them wear themselves out. I mean, you do what you got to do. People can lose a fair amount of blood. Believe it or not, you can lose up to a gallon of blood mm-hmm. and still survive. Right. I'm not saying you're going to fight, you know, <laughs> back in the thing here. Right. But I'm saying you can, you know, keep... It doesn't have to be the end. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, a gallon's quite a bit, too. And Right, well, that's it. I mean, I know when we did the training, the guy took a gallon jug. Mm-hmm. And he's just pouring it on the ground while we're talking. Mm-hmm. And he's like splashing it and talking and talking. He's like, we've been standing here five minutes and this is pouring. And I still have enough blood mm-hmm. that it's going to be okay. And he also was making a point about look at how much blood is on the ground. Mm-hmm. So when you come up and see somebody with the big puddle of blood, it doesn't mean it's too late. Right. It might be, but that doesn't mean just give up. You know, you just, you kind of want to, whatever. So I, I was going to, I'm going to point you guys in the right direction, kind of having your own trauma bag. Um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. It's a contingency or actually it's C-O-N-1-0-G-E-N-C-Y.com. And they sell the trauma bags. Now, you know what? They're a lot of money. They're 150 bucks. That is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So I'm going to tell you what I think is essential. If you want to shop around, get that stuff on Amazon or whatever. You know, you decide what it's worth to you. I have one of these bags, and I carry it in my work truck all day long. Because, you know what, I never know when I'm going to come up on an accident. Mm -hmm. I never know when I'm going to be in an accident. I'm going to have to put a tourniquet on my own leg. Yeah. You know what, because you can't count on the rest of the world. And I've been in... uh maybe two or three situations where it was a serious medical issue. And none of those times it was something expected. Right. 
and it's, that's it. It's never when you're 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 never planning on coming across somebody or somebody you're with getting seriously injured. Now, I mean, some of the SWAT guys I work with um, have actually uh, carry a, a pouch on their ankle. You uh, know how you have guys with their handcuffs or an extra gun on your ankle. I know guys that carry a little trauma kit that have, you know, some of these items I'm going to tell you about right there, you know, on their side. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of, you know what? I mean, it's somebody's life, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you can make the difference, I don't know. I mean, isn't that what being a prepper is? Being prepared to deal with something? Um, Having a trauma bag, even if it's just, all right, it's in my work van. So I'm in the driveway and I'm out with the hatchet and I cut my hand and it's, you know, gushing artery, whatever. I got a tourniquet right there. Right. You know, um, some guys have, oh, you know, the barns way out from the house and they have a small trauma bag. Out in the and barn. And you know what? Maybe the tourniquet in your bag is an old seatbelt that you cut out of a car you were taking to the scrapyard. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be the fancy stuff. But you should have something. And maybe it's not quick clock gauze. Maybe you just have gauze and an Israeli bandage. Right. Maybe you have an old T-shirt and some clean gauze that you can stick in there and wrap with a Mm T-shirt. Whatever your level of, you know, commitment is, all right. But so I really like they call them like IFAC or or PFACs in the military. And it was just FAC is first aid kit, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a complicated secret mystery. Um the I stands for individual or some websites it says uh, improved first aid kit. Mm-hmm. You decide what it means. I'm not going to argue with you. I don't care. Um, PFAC is supposed to be like personal first aid kit. I know in the military they kind of taught you with those bags that that's yours. It's meant for treating you. And when you come up on the guy whose legs half blown off, you should be grabbing his bag and squaring him away with it. So you're still ready to go for you. Um, You know, whatever. Use your judgment on that. Um, Basically, um, what I have in mind is uh, the it's soft, wide Gen 3 tourniquets. Now, Gen 3 tourniquets, they're one of the newer. They're nice and easy. You just fold it on. It's got the nice, like, plastic pen that you, you know, you, you whip it up with. It's all good. Um... You know, whatever. You can buy those on eBay or Amazon for between 19 and 29 bucks. Again, there's other tourniquets. Whatever you buy, just make sure it's at least an inch wide. Mm-hmm. And that's crucial to, you know, it working. Um, I know with us that when we did the training, they were really big on try it. Put the tourniquet on, tighten it down, and feel what it feels like. Because when you have a tourniquet cinched on you, you're like, oh, God, that hurts. Stop. You've gone too far. Usually it's like a little bit further than that mm. is where you want to be. And if you've done it before, especially with trained people who know, then you can confidently tell the next people, hey, no, it's all right. This is how it's supposed to be. You're not going to die. You're not going to lose your leg. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and just that reassurance and by you having the confidence, kind of having done it before. And, you know, most of us know some kind of EMT guy. You should probably have somebody you can check it out with. Mm-hmm. You know, say, hey, put a tourniquet on me. Show me what it's like, you know. 
and then you get a better feel for it. So you got to have a tourniquet. Um, I buy it, it's the one I have says law enforcement Z fold combat gauze quick clot. I know that's a big freaking name, whatever. It's basically rolled up gauze with that click cut quick clot material in there. So it's going to clot up the blood. Um, four inch trauma bandages I have in mind again to put on top. Um, I have those high fin vented chest seals. Mm-hmm. I have um, a gauze roll again. That's to you know, it's a yard of it that I can wrap. Uh, what else? I have a thermal blanket. I have exam gloves, and I have EMT shears. Mm-hmm. Now, I say I have EMT shears. They're not actually in my bag because turns out you can't fly on a plane with EMT shears. You might stab okay. somebody in the neck, whatever. I use mine kind of on the go. I've taken it places, whatever. I always got the Leatherman on my side if I have to cut somebody's pants off, whatever. Whatever. You guys use your judgment on that. Mm-hmm. Now, those are what came with it when I bought it. I actually added a second tourniquet. Like I said, you want to double it up. But I have no problem if you have one and then you got a minute, you go grab a second one out of a seatbelt or whatever. Next, uh, I added a headlamp. Turns out to be able to see when things are going on. Now, a lot of like the cop guys, they all got the flashlights and whatever. But I got to say, when you're in there and doing stuff with your hands, it's nice to have your hands free to be able to, you know, really do what you're doing and the light just be there. So that's kind of a bonus I added. Um, The other thing, glasses. Um, Again, this is more... The guys with experience are the ones who told me about this. And bottom line, you flip over a body and all of a sudden blood's just squirting. It always seems to get in your eye. Mm -hmm. And then you're getting shots because... Because God knows what God knows, you know, people who are in gunfights, you know, (laughs) they're that kind of people. Yeah. So, you know, that's something you want to think about. Maybe some glasses, even if it's just your sunglasses when you're doing it. I know that kind of sucks and they can get in your way. Then prepare, Mm -hmm. you know, then have some, you know, proper glasses. But that's what I got. Now, I'm not an EMT. I'm not a master guy, but I was trained and. I was taught how to do it. This is the way I was taught. I was taught by SWAT guys. I, I don't know, you know, who you guys have. And I'm sure there's EMTs and everybody out there who have all kinds of opinions that I'm wrong and I don't know everything and they were taught a different way. But you know what? This is better than nothing. And if you know a better way, then I say do it. Mm-hmm. Do it your better way. And if you want to put some videos and put something together or you know the great training video that I should be talking about, send me a link. I'll throw it on our stuff. We'll I'll happily credit, yeah. put that stuff up for you. It's no problem. But that's what I got. That's what I recommend. You know what I, I when I was doing the, uh, yeah, uh, you know, looking up things for the getting ready for the show, which I found, I found, which is kind of interesting, not probably not going to ever come up, but, uh, eggs, the, uh, egg membrane, you know, okay. that, that membrane inside of the shell. Yes. That actually clots blood. If you take that, peel that off the of the shell, and put that over a cut, it's going to help clot that up a lot faster than uh, and get anything salmonella else. Salmonella or whatever. Well, sal- salmonella is like one in twenty thousand chance. 
So you might get salmonella, but it's not very likely. It's better than bleeding to death. It's better than bleeding to death. But right. you know, I mean, if you don't have bandages, well, I, you, you probably won't, you probably won't you're have like, an egg with you. I either. do have a raw egg in my. Pocket. I just thought it was interesting. You know, that's All it. Right. Um, now I wanted to talk quickly. This isn't really a trauma, but I I wanted to talk about. Uh, I did a little bit of research on self-treating a concussion. All right, what so, do you got? So um, you know, first we, let's talk real quick about. Um, uh, how to diagnose a concussion. Okay. Uh, problem keeping your eyes open. Uh, if you're unconscious, that might be a, a pretty That's good, a good uh, sign. A good sign. Uh, confusion, drowsiness. I am sometimes confused. <laughs> Hard time understanding speech. Uh, loss of balance. Uh, weakness of your limbs. Um, problem seeing. Painful headache that won't go away. Vomiting. Or deafness or bleeding from one or both ears. Um, so, if you have those symptoms, any of those symptoms, and you can't access uh, medical help, how do you treat a concussion? How do you treat a concussion? Um, first, you're going to want to do a cold compress to the area that was hit. All right. Just to reduce swelling, right? Um, you're going to want to uh, know... Anti-inflammatory drugs. That means no ibuprofen, no aspirin, uh, no alcohol, no recreational drugs. Don't you know? Do some coke if you have a concussion. I mean, that seems mm. pretty self-evident, but I don't. I don't know who's listening to this. Right, right. Um, rest. You want to avoid stressful situations. So basically, you're going to want to, you know, put some put something cold on that area, reduce the swelling. Put the person in the dark. Let them rest. Um, no contact sports for three weeks. It was very specific about that for some reason. Three weeks. But, uh, yeah, don't do any boxing for, for a couple weeks if, uh, if you've, if you've uh, had a concussion. Um, so that's pretty, pretty much it with that. Uh, I've dealt with people with concussions. Uh, right. I've never actually had a concussion that I know of. Well, we were just talking about this a minute ago, and I think I actually once. Yeah. May have, I definitely woke up unconscious. Oh, well, so that, that, that's that constitutes that's probably a, a concussion. Yeah. All right. Turns out I was kind of a dick in high school. Uh-huh. And, or maybe it was junior high. Junior high. Everyone and, was a dick in junior high. Yeah, though. you know, it happens. Mm-hmm. So apparently I pissed off the athletic types because I'm not as athletic or awesome as them. Uh-huh. Or maybe my not caring attitude. <laughs> I don't know what it was. But apparently I'm walking down the hall. And then I wake up on the floor with my head bleeding. Mm. And I'm like, what the? And apparently, somebody ran up beside me and smashed my head into a locker. And then just right down. And mm. now he's, you know, I was a rocker through and through. So I had the long hair. Right. So there's like a uh, big blood smear across. It looked like you dragged a mop through blood <laughs> on the floor. And I get up and I look at that. And I'm like, huh. And I just walk into the classroom where I was going. It was, like, right next to me. You know, I was almost mm. there. And I just sit down, and I'm like, ah. Uh. And then some other kid was like, dude, you got to go to the nurse. You, you got a problem. And I was like, yeah. Uh. And, you know, it was just kind of like that, just, like, out of it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, apparently the nurse was that would brilliant. Be the confusion. Called my parents and were like, yeah, you got to take them to a doctor. But. She handled it by putting a Band-Aid on top of my hair. On top of the hair? It was like, yeah. you're good. Don't even worry about it. 
So, I mean, maybe I that's I've what dealt with the some nurse training nurses does. that have been like very competent, but it doesn't sound like that was the one. That wasn't the one? All right. I'm just checking. But that, that was my concussion experience. I thought I'd add. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a jerk. I don't know. All right. But you were going to say, sorry before I distracted no, you. No, that, that's basically it. Um, right. But concussions, you know, even a little knock on the head can give you a concussion. And, um, you know, it's not really something to play around with, concussions. You definitely want to seek medical help if, if you get get a concussion. And, uh, you know, sometimes I've been hit in the head with a, with a claw hammer. I've been knocked in the head with two-by-fours. I feel like I've hit people in the head with a claw <laughs> hammer. I've never, never gotten a concussion. But, you know, even a small knock sometimes in, in the right spot can do it. All you have to do is jiggle that brain a little bit. And uh, and that's it, man. So Not uh, bad. yeah, that's that's basically all I got about concussions there. Um, so if you want to uh, you want to hit us up, let us know what you know. If you've got any uh, great first aid tricks or um, you know uh, stories about uh, stories about um, situations you've been in, let us know. If you've got any uh, advice that you want us to uh, talk about, let us know. Um, I think you may or may not have noticed that Chuck has not been yawning at all. You guys all. saw that? This show. All right. And why is that? We've got a... Uh, because we actually are not some... drinking beer for an episode. And we had a, a buddy of ours, Don, send uh, some coffee our way. Seabag Locker Coffee. Now, uh, military, uh Military guys got together. Now, We're tired of it. I don't. I know. They're all I, Navy guys. Yeah, I know. I was on a Navy ship for many years, and uh, and the coffee was always terrible. It so was that might terrible. that might kind of uh, inspire you to uh, do something about it. Uh, these guys got to work. They got some really great coffee, and um, we've been drinking it tonight. And it, I gotta say, it's fantastic. 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 So. It's three guys, well, three people. It, it's uh, Don, his wife Penny, and uh, guy Bob. Bob's the roast master. Been doing it for 25 years, I mm-hmm. think. And it shows, right? Vietnam vet. Vietnam vet, hardcore. And, uh, yeah, so they've been doing it a while. Don's an ET, like I was. Actually, he's an officer now, but started out ET. Um so you know it's hardcore, right? We got to, you know, mm-hmm. badass, right? Now, one of the things that struck us with these guys is their badass logo. Mm-hmm. Now, they got a skull, a beard, and a pipe. I, mean, I don't know what else you'd want in a logo. Conning wheel on there. The whole nine yards, man. Badass. Right. Now, you can check them out. Now, you want to get their coffee. They have, like, ten different flavors. Right. Different now, blends, different uh, We're trying different, different ones out, so we're going to, you know, kind of work through it and give you some feedback as we go through. Tonight we were drinking the Patriot Blend, and I got to say, I'm feeling a little patriotic. Uh-huh. I'm liking it. So, you guys want to see what they got? Check them out. Head over to SeabagLockerCoffee.com. Now, Seabag, you spell it, you know, like a Seabag, S-E-A-B-A-G. Mm-hmm. LockerCoffee.com. Otherwise, anything else, Kevin? No. If you want to email us, you can email us at uh, preppingbadass dot dot or uh, at gmail dot com. Preppingbadass at gmail dot com. I'm gonna put a link to the coffee in the show notes because excellent. You guys, you know, if you support 
people who send us coffee, you just make us happier. Right. That's the bottom line. Um, they they like making coffee. We like drinking coffee. Yeah. If there are any vets out there that make bourbon, let let it, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be in for that. No, but actually, some excellent coffee. And it really I, is. Really, you gotta support the people that are like you. Because if I'm gonna give my money, it ain't gonna be to Starbucks. That's what right. I can tell you. So, with that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.